0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now, this is a time for sobriety, a time to awaken to the truths of God in your heart. For your enemy will try to stand and destroy, but you already have the victory. Use that authority that is in your heart by the Word of God. Be precise send the word, send the word, send the word and let it do its, let it do its best against that which the enemy has arrayed against you and you'll see victory and you'll see not just a little light here and a little breakthrough there, but there shall come a procession of victory in your life and in this church, which will cause great rejoicing and many to say truly the Lord is working in their midst. So allow that spirit to rise up in you this day. Be bold in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. The power of his might and the breakthroughs that you desire shall be in your hand quickly, quickly by the power of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, praise God. Be seated. Let's teach the word here for a little while. Now, here today we're studying uh, how to guard our minds. We're studying about our minds, kind of the tail end of a series in which we've been studying on power and authority. Now, let me, let, me, let me read this thing. God spoke this to me. He said, read this and then start your teaching. Never let Satan talk to you about anything. Let me try that again. Never let Satan, never let the devil talk to you about anything. Amen. Don't even let him talk to you about himself. Amen. Now, you know, communication takes, takes place in several, you know, several different ways. Did you know the devil can communicate to you through the entertainment that you watch if you're not careful? He can talk to you through a newscast. You know, I, I listened to about 15 minutes of one the other day I wish i never listened to. I've been working, getting that thing out of my mind ever since because I trust everything they said was a lie, because if it ain't, we're in all kinds of trouble. Amen? It's amazing how much of life is mental. I mean, there, there are some, I forget what it is, our doctors are here, they could tell you more, but there's hundreds, maybe even thousands, of things that your mind does that you never think about everything from the way your food is digested uh, to, to your eyesight, to your, to your nervous system. And these are unconscious thoughts that run through your being that, that regulate your body and your flesh. Listen, the mind is a marvelous thing. They tell us that we only use about 10% of the total capacity of what our minds can do. Well, I believe that's what happened in the fall when man fell. But you've got to understand uh, your mentality, you'll rise or fall to the level of your mentality. The past... Uh, uh, a few nights I've been watching the uh, professional bull riding finals on, uh, on, on TV. And uh, they've made the statement several times, but they make it all the time. They made the statement several times in the past couple of days that, that, that riding bulls is a mental game. Now, now, I know a little bit about that because it is a mental game. How strong do you think you need to be to be stronger than a bull? <laughs> you ain't going to do it. Amen. You're just not going to do it. It's literally a mental game. Now, when I was a kid, when I was young, I start the first bull I ever got on. I was only 14 years old, and I rode bulls till I was 18. Then picked it up again when I was 28. And when I was 28, I had gone 10 years between the first time I uh, between the, the the last bull I had gotten on as a, as a competitor as an 18 year old. And then I turned 28, and I thought, well, I'm back to God now. I'm too lazy to work too nervous to steal, so I'll go ride bulls again. And uh, so I went up to Jim Shoulders Bull Riding School, to true school of hard knocks, amen. But, you know, we would go in the mornings, and we'd get on bulls, and Mr. Shoulders, he was a 16-time world champion, he would, he would instruct us. But then we would go into the classroom in the afternoon, walk, work on them. He'd say it just like, you're going to have to work on your mental game. Because be, you can be strong as you, as strong as a human being can get. And you still ain't gonna be stronger than a bull. So you're not gonna outmuscle one, you're gonna have to outthink them. And truly, that's that's what it is in that sport. They'll tell you baseball's the same way. They'll tell you in other sports that if you don't have it mentally, if you, don't, if, you can't, if you can't play the game mentally correctly, you'll never play it on the court, or you'll never play it on the field, or you'll never get it out of the shoot, or however you do it. You've got to have that mental edge. All champions have a mental edge. Now you gotta understand we're all champions in Christ. And if you don't understand the mental edge that the word of God gets you that it gives you, then you're going to be subject to the constant attacks of the enemy against your mind, which you're the one that puts out the invitation on how much the enemy can attack you. Did you know that? Because He sends thoughts into your mind, and in sending thoughts into your mind, you have the decision whether to entertain those thoughts or whether to reject those thoughts. Now, we've taught for years on rejecting those thoughts through the authority that's in the name of Jesus. You've got to talk to your mind. You've got to tell your mind what is off limits. Now, now let me, before we go off in that direction, let me come over here. All of us have memories of our past we don't like. Amen. Now, one of the great exercises of faith is to deal with those memories. You say why? Number one, you have a powerful word in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. All things have passed away. Old things have passed away. Old ways of thinking, old thoughts, old memories. You may have memories of something that somebody did to you that makes you a victim, that makes you a, you know, that just keeps you in insecurities your whole life. Listen, by the Word of God, you can break down every one of those strongholds. You can get rid of every one of those inhibitions on the inside of you, and literally you can find the freedom that you've been looking for by getting a hold of your thought life and your mind. Amen. Now that's something that you must accomplish. Then you must maintain God's control over your mind or else the devil will talk you out of everything God ever wants you to have. Now let me say this. Satan knows how to sound very spiritual. (laughs) Let me say that again. He knows how to, and listen, he knows how to sound spiritual. He cannot read your mind, but he knows how you think. He's had 6,000 years to study mankind, and I guarantee you there's been a lot of people like us come and go on this earth in the last 6,000 years. Yeah. So there's no surprises to him, and there's also new, no, no new tricks up his sleeve. So he's coming at you. There's this constant bombardment of everything that the enemy has equipped with his message coming into your mind that he personally knows how to stimulate the demonic realm around you to just speak things into your ear, say things to you. I don't, uh, uh, knew I didn't know know her personally, but I had sat in a meeting where she had taught. She was a powerful woman of God that graduated from Rama Bible Institute, and she was a uh, uh, she worked for Playboy. She was a. Uh, worked in Las Vegas and, and had all this, this uh, you know, this horrible lifestyle that she lived. But she talked about how once getting born again, getting filled with the Holy Ghost, how the war began because her whole life she had been beat down, she had been victimized. She had all the, all the, all this uh, 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 drama in her life that had created this mindset. But she said when she went to work on it, because I'm going to pull this out of her, her uh, notebook, When I, this is what she said, when I quit being lazy with my mind and I went to work on my mind, I was able to overcome very quickly every mindset, every insecurity and everything the enemy had tried to bind me with and keep me bound with all those years I lived for the enemy. Listen, there's a grace that comes upon you to deal with your past and to deal with the memories of your past as you progress into God. Because all of us have disappointments, all of us have failures. I mean, how many like a redo on a few things in life? <laughs> Need a few redos around here, amen? Well, you're not going to get that redo, but you may get your mind renewed to the point where that drama of your life no, no, no longer affects your thinking. Now, last week we were looking, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter, let me read it real quick, then I want to kind of, I'm going to back up, I'm going to go forward, then back up. Is that all right? That's the way I drive, so you know, praise God. Verse 14, the natural man receiveth not the things of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, the, the, the sad thing is you got too many natural people in the church. Yeah. Amen. You got, you got all these people in the church that, oh, God God, God doesn't heal today. God, you know, there's no baptism in the Holy Ghost. There's no power. There's no, that's all a lie. That's all a lie of the devil. Amen. And people many times stay in bondage to religion. Some of the worst mindsets in the world are religious mindsets. I've told this story several times here, here, here in Island Church about a friend of mine who pastors and, and his mother, uh, he was raised in a good uh, denominational home with a, with, a, with a Christian mom and dad that were, loved the Lord, took him to church all the time. Well, he grew up in that denomination, but somehow, someway he got over amongst them Pentecostals You know, that's the way it is. They say it's like a slippery creek bank. You start messing around those people, you'll slip right into it. Amen. Well, that's what he did. And he slipped right into the Holy Ghost and became a Holy Ghost man. And I'd go out there and teach faith. I think for years, 10 years, I went out there and taught faith to him. And uh, his mother contracted cancer. And so he was like, mom, listen, he got her books on healing. He got her all this. But see, she was in a certain denomination that believed God can heal. But if he does, he only does it according to his sovereign will. Therefore, she believed that her suffering was something that God had given her to to, to reveal his glory through. And he was telling her, she's laying in a bed taking chemotherapy, basically dying. He said, how is this glorifying God? She said, I don't know, but I have to trust that it does. That's a religious mindset that cost her her life. Amen. Amen. Now, compare that to Pops. This time last year, my dad was dying. He was dying. I went to him in the hospital. I said, Pops, what are you going to do? What do you want to do? He says, I'm going to die, son. I said, I know. Are you going to die now? He said, No, I'm not going to die sick. I said, OK, let's believe God. So we believed God, and God gave us some ideas and some insights and things. And, we, and he popped right up out of that and lived all the way to the end of October. And the week he died, he took on a new client. We had to give the money back to the client. You know why? He fought death. He took his fist, doubled it up said, not now. I know I'm going to die, but I'm not dying now. I think he wanted to be in fall harvest. I think he just wanted to be in fall harvest. Amen. I mean, just to prove that he could do it. Well, he had the right mindset. Amen. Thank God he came to Island Church. <laughs> You've got to have the right thinking or you're not going to make it in this day and hour. Now, notice this. The natural man. So there's something in you. Now, think about this. There's something about you, something in you that will not receive. And that part of you that will not receive, you've got to suppress it. You've got to press it down. Well, Pastor, you know, all that sounds real good, but you know, I'm really going through something. You've got to get that out of your mind. This is what we've been telling people on Wednesday nights as we teach on redemption. Because redemption is not a need-specific doctrine. You say, well, Pastor, we got people that are sick. They need to be healed. We got people that are are broken. They need to be blessed. Why aren't you teaching on these subjects? Because there's a greater subject that you can take and renew your mind with, which is who you are, what you have, and what you can do in Christ Jesus. And once you begin to think like God thinks, according to Isaiah 55, then all that's available through seed time and harvest comes down into your life and works automatically. It's amazing how God does that. Amazing. Now, notice this. It says, uh, there in verse 15, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things. So it is possible to be spiritual. Amen? So he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judged by no man. I had a guy tell me this one time. He said, Uh, You frustrate me more than any other preacher. I said, why? He said, because you're the almost unspiritual, spiritual person I've ever met in my life. (laughs) Amen. Well, I'm just me. And if if I don't fit into your definition of spirituality, I, I can't help that. Amen. But the spiritual man or woman, amen, notice this, judge it. Now see, we go back to, 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 to Matthew chapter. Well, we're, we're not supposed to judge. Judge not, judge not, judge not. You know, I first came back to the Lord. I, I just wouldn't judge anything. I would just judge not. And I was, I was with our, our pastor, mom Goodwin. She was, she was still alive at the time. And she told me this, she looked me in the eye. She said, Rusty, let me tell you, there are some things in life. You're going to have to judge that. There are things in ministry. You're going to have to judge that. There are things that when you get married, I don't think I was married today, when you get married when you do, you're going to have to judge that and you have to judge whether it is or is not of God. That's what the judgment here is talking about, because it's the Word of God that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, Hebrews 4:12, that helps us to judge things to see whether they're of the flesh, of the soul or of the spirit. That's how you've got to judge your mind. You've got to judge all things that come into your mind. What is this? What is this thought pattern? What is it? Now, you can always determine. Listen, if you'll pray and read the Word and meditate on the Word, you can almost physically locate whether something is of the devil or of God. You say, why? Because there's thoughts that come like this, and then there's thoughts that come like this. If you're used to the flow of the Holy Ghost coming up out of you as you pray in the Spirit, pray in other tongues, then you're used to the flow of information that comes up like this into your mind. Amen? Amen. Otherwise, your mind's going to be bombarded. My mind is bombarded. I mean, every day, my mind is bombarded. But every day, I resist. Every, mind, every day. Listen, there are the can'ts. There are the won'ts, there are the it'll nevers, there are all of those that bombard me all the time. And and for one of them, I've got an it is written. 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 That's what you've got to do. You've got to bring the fight to the adversary. You've got to quit trying to fight backing up, just trying to recover from thoughts and things like that. I'm telling you, you've got to do it. Let me, let me, let me, I don't know if this is a hit or not. Let me try this. I noticed recently in my mind that the enemy has been tormenting my mind about people dying, which is funny because we came out of 2021 and did more funerals in 2021 than we've ever done in the history of the church. Amen. And now we've come into 20, I don't think we've done it. We we haven't done any in 2022, I don't think. If we haven't, I, I, I don't remember. But here's the thing. The enemy. I remember uh, about a week ago, I was driving in my car and all of a sudden this thought came into my mind. There's something wrong with Leah. Whoa. I sat there for a moment, here it came again. <laughs> something wrong with Leah. I said, you lying devil. I said, I bind that thought in the name of Jesus. There's nothing wrong with Leah. She's strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. God is the strength of her heart. Has anybody had that going on lately? That's, a, that's an attack that's going on. Across the board in the body, you know, some people that are close to you, people that are, and and the enemy are trying to paint this picture of some sickness or death or something. That's the devil. It's a lie. He's trying to put a thought in your mind. Then he's trying to get you to entertain that thought. Oh, no, no. Let's rush to the doctor. Let's do all kinds of tests. Let's do this and that. And there's people that have exhausted finances and time chasing after a thought the devil's put in their mind. Amen. Now notice this. He that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Who was it the other day that said, uh, I prayed and God said, no, but I knew better. Who was that, Peggy Hill? Y'all know who Peggy Hill is? I thought y'all were spiritual. It's a cartoon lady king of the hill so we were watching it the other day and some oh she was they went to the mega church yeah somebody was sitting in their seats at the Methodist church so it made a man so they went to the mega uh, mega church and, and they drove everybody crazy so they had to go back to the Methodist church anyway during that time Peggy prayed God said no and she knew better well that's the way a lot of people are I prayed God said no but I knew better you don't know the mind of God You don't know the plans of God. You don't know the will of God. You've got to seek. You've got to ask. You've got to knock. You've got to do everything you can do to uncover the will of God. Then on the meantime, you've got to fight all of their thoughts because they are designed to keep you out of the will of God. Amen. Oh, that's what Thank you, Lord. The lady that I was talking about that worked for Playboy and had all the, worked in Las Vegas and everything, God gave her a visitation Uh, We would call it discerning of the spirits where she was preparing for a meeting and had all this stuff. She was suffering depression. She'd been preaching the gospel for 10 years and the Lord just opened her eyes for a split second and she saw two little demons. One of them was saying to the other one, we always get her, we always get her through intimidation. And when those two demons said that, boom, she says it just vanished. She said, I knew my weakness was intimidated. She said, I was intimidated by everybody around me. See, I was controlled by everybody around me. She said, that broke something to me when I saw that in the spirit. I took the word of God and I began to say, I am not intimidated any longer. I am free from this intimidation. I'll not be controlled by men. I'll not be controlled by my past. I'll not be controlled by the devil. And she said, that was the greatest victory of her life was being freed from that intimidation. See, the enemy will always come at your weakness and he will try to make your weakness his control module in your life. If he cannot do that, then he comes around to your strength and makes you try to doubt your strength. He's a liar. He's a liar. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. I like it in the Amplified. We have the mind of the Messiah and do hold the thoughts... Feelings and purposes of his heart. Now, there is, and we've said this for years, a vast warfare in the mental realm that has gone on since Jesus rose from the dead. Probably gone on since the incident in the garden. Amen. But I'm telling you, man has a lot to think about today. And there are all kinds of avenues and openings that we give the enemy to come in And say things to our mind that many times we think, well, you know, hmm. Now, let let me help you with that. Anytime the enemy puts a thought in your mind that creates a question, stop right there. Don't answer his question. Always the adversary's question is designed in the answer to produce another question that produces another question, that produces another question, that produces, and you get enough of those questions in there, you end up confused. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You've got to talk yourself out of some things and talk yourself into other things. Now, in, in, in field ministry, we traveled a lot. We always tried to be in, in, in Brother Kenneth E. Hagen's Holy Ghost meetings around the country. He was teaching things that we really needed and that we were reinforcing in our own lives. Then there was a great demonstration of the Holy Ghost that that Brother Hagin said if we didn't catch that, it would be lost to a generation. And we see that in the generation that has has risen up after all those great generals left. Most people don't even believe in the... There's even great word churches that say, well, we like the word, but we don't really. That move of the Spirit, you know, that gets kind of weird. I don't know. I'm not like that. I'd love the Holy Ghost just take over. But he's not going to do that. God's put us, put us in charge. Amen. But here's the thing. We've got to recognize every open door in our life that allows the enemy to talk to us the way he talks to us. Amen. Now, in your life, just going through your day and allowing the normal ebb and flow of thought going through your mind, Not paying attention to that is dangerous. Amen? You say, now why is that? It is because the enemy always preempts the major lie in your life by a lot of information that leads up to it. Amen? So what you want to do is you want to stop it immediately. By recognizing the source of the thoughts. Now, this scripture right here gives us the source of how we should be thinking. Amen? Notice this. We do hold, notice, we hold his thoughts, his feelings, and his purposes. Notice the word hold. Notice the word hold. That's an important word. When you hold something, that's what the Bible says, prove all things, hold. Same word, hold. Bring tightly into with the intention of never letting go. Amen. Hold. Everybody say, hold. hold. Let me find it here. But we have the mind of Christ the Messiah and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purpose. So I don't have room for devil thoughts. And so I'm holding his thoughts. What are his thoughts? Well, we can start at the beginning. You must be born again. You will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. For not, forsake not the assembling of yourself together. Study to show yourself approved. There's all kinds of simple, simple, simple thoughts in the Bible in which God is saying, "This is my thought. This is my thought. This is what I think about salvation." Well, I'm, I tell you what, I, I don't believe all that stuff. I'm just going. I'm be good. I'm be so good. I'm be good to everybody. I'm never going to cut. You'll see. I'll be in heaven. No, you won't. You'll be a good citizen of hell. You say, why? God's thoughts, you must be born again. You must be born again. Five words. You can argue, you can fight, you can talk about good works, you can talk about everybody else's doctrines, you can talk about the cults. You must be born again. Why? If you're not, you will not see, understand, comprehend, or know anything about the way God does things. So some people have had to radically change their thinking just to get saved than the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, you know, I've heard it's of the devil. How many serve the devil? Did you speak in tongues when you served the devil? Now that you've gotten saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, you're living holy and speaking in tongues, that's the devil? See, it's just the devil's fight against that. He fights against any doctrine that holds him in his place of defeat. Woo-hoo-hoo. I like that. He fights against any doctrine that holds him in a place of defeat because that's where he is legally and that's where he should be experientially in your life is in a place of defeat. The devil is defeated and Jesus is Lord. Now, real quick, I told you I was going to go forward and backward. Everybody say forward and backward. Let's go forward. Forward. Chapter 2. Look in verse, uh, look at verse uh, four. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit, everybody say spirit. spirit, and of power, everybody say power. Now notice this, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now you say, well, pastor, is that what our faith is in? When somebody gets healed? Somebody, No, no. What is the power of God? What is? Paul said it like this in Romans chapter 1. I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why, Paul? For it is the power. You say, well, I thought the Holy Ghost was the power. It is the power. The Word's the power. The Holy Ghost is the power. The name is the power. try that again. The word is the power. The Holy Ghost and all that he can do. The gifts of the spirit. Words of knowledge are powerful. Words of wisdom are powerful. Discerning of spirits are powerful. Gifts of healings are powerful. Working of miracles are powerful. Amen. I preached in a church down in Corpus. They had a uh, a continual revival that went on, I think, for almost a year. It was a large assembly of God church down there, and they'd have me come in for a week at a time. Now, that thing started, uh, this hospital was built way back in the 30s and sits between, I mean, this, this, this hospital, this church sits between two hospitals. And somebody had heard in that hospital that they prayed for the sick, went over there with, I think it was the first, uh, uh, right at the knuckle, the first three uh, fingers cut off. And and was in a meeting, sitting in the back row, just on a Sunday night meeting, was worshiping God. I looked up, and her fingers were back on. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to start a meeting, Amen. Yeah. So, Sister Gloria, she's a, a lady pastor of the church. She just started a meeting that night, and then just kept on going: signs, wonders, miracles, power of God, and manifestation. But you know what? The you know what was doing all that? The Word, the Spirit, and the Name. The Word and the Spirit and the Name. The Word. Now notice that. That that, that our faith would not be in what? The wisdom of men. You don't need psychological counseling to fix your mind. Let me say this. I don't know who, who, who needs to hear this. Psychological counseling will screw your mind up. It will. Listen, it's got to be the most frustrating thing in the world to be a psychiatrist because they're trying to treat a spiritual problem with natural means. I mean, come on, how hard is that? You can't do it. That's an impossibility. No wonder they get so frustrated. But in reality, we must realize that all the power of God is available to us. When Jesus rose from the dead, he captured all the power of the universe. It was his, but he didn't take it up to heaven and sit on the throne next to God and say, oh, I got all this power. I got it. He said, no, go ye into all the world. Yeah. He gave the power to the church. You have the power in you to overcome every thought and every mindset. Amen. Amen. I, I'm gonna go home and watch bull riding. <laughs> I always like to tell the story of Black Five. He's a big old Brahma Angus Cross owned by Chapman Rodeo Company. And I was deathly afraid of him, and I had a mindset. I had a stronghold in my mind. I saw a guy make a great ride on him and win a a national championship, and I saw another guy haul him out in an ambulance. And so I didn't, you know, every time I'd walk into the arena, I'd see the Chapman rodeo truck there, and then I'd walk like this, and I'd look over at the bullpen, because he stuck up literally that far above every other bull, and I'd be, oh, wow, Black Five is here. So I drew him in Pasadena. Summer of 1972. Had him on a Tuesday night. He threw me as high as the lights. I remember shaking so bad when I got on him. And listen, this is to this is show you how the devil works. Now, I was away from God. wasn't serving God, but this will help you. Up until that point, I was in two rodeo associations. I was in the Texas Youth Rodeo Association. I was in the Youth Rodeo Association. Both of them were running rodeos all over the South Texas area. So, I had been riding bulls at that point for about two years and had been around some guys that pretty much showed me how to do it. And I had rode some, some not really ranked bulls, but some, some decent bulls enough to get me points toward the finals. I was number seven in the state in TYRA, Texas Youth Rodeo Association, number three in the state in YRA. Uh, You may think, well, that ain't much, but this is Texas. You got to understand we'd go to rodeos. There'd be, there'd be 500 bull riders. And we'd be, you know, all them would be in the after show and the, the regular guys, we'd all be in those. So I drew that guy at Pasadena and he, he did. And I remember uh, just no, no thought whatsoever of, hey, if I ride this bull, I win. Yeah. No thought. No thought. No thought of, hey, you know, this will take, take your career to another level. No, no, no. It's how am I going to survive this? Oh, my God. But see, I did, I, I did that to myself. I did it to myself through observation. One of the number one ways the enemy gets into your mind is the look and see. Look how big he is. Look what what he did to Bubba Holloway. Look what he did to him. You're like, oh my God. Then all of a sudden you're gripped with fear because that's the number one design of the adversary is to get you into fear. So I went the next week to Alvin. Alvin had a YRA rodeo the next week and drew that sucker on Friday night. I remember walking up to the rodeo to the rodeo uh, office, and two bull riders I knew were coming out. And they go, "You drew black five again." I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I had a friend who who we didn't usually used to sit around the rodeo and you know uh, uh, flirt with the barrel racers, stuff like that. And we just went out and sat in his car, and he talked to me and said, "Listen." And he started he started changing my mind. His words changed my mind and got me out of fear and back into competition. And this was the worst situation I could have been in because that old arena was built. This is the old arena that used to be by the train tracks. That old arena was built, and the chutes were too small for him. So they had to tie an extra rope to hold the gate open about that big. Listen, when a bull sees a gate cracked, you know what that means? That means explode. So I'm trying to get on this thing, and I done rode him 10 seconds in the chute. They ain't even opened the gate yet. <laughs> I mean, he's jumping and kicking and putting on a show like because he was, he was, very, he was very nervous about that gate being, because when you crack the gate, I mean, he, that's how they're conditioned. That, that's when they explode. So he's already just going nuts. But Billy was right there. His name was Billy Walker. Billy was right there. He had his hand on my shoulder. He's pulling my rope. You can do it, Rusty, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Boom, they opened that gate. Next thing I knew, the the clown's hollering. Get off, get off, you rode him. I didn't get any more strength. I didn't work out in the gym. Now, come on, you need to hear this. I did not work out in the gym all week long. Oh, no, man. My mind changed. My mind changed. And it changed just in a few moments out in a parking lot enough to bring me into a victory that I thought I could never win. And then it, it, it reduced the intimidation of that level of a bull in my life. Now here, this will help you. I've never told this part of it before. I went on to Kingsville to the, to the Texas State Finals. Then I rode in, in, a, in, in Bryan, Texas in a, in a semi-pro uh, rodeo there, and I had a decision to make. Whether I was going to go ahead at age 17 to go into the program of the PRCA to help me become a professional bull rider. I had the ability, I had the talent, I had the door open. But in my mind, now think about this. It's how good God is. Backslid away from God, but in my mind, I knew like I knew my name. I did not have the character to do that. And I stepped away. 1972, just stepped away from it. it. It was all in my mind, all of it. The addictions, the reason I didn't have the character, all of it, and then when I got all of it fixed in my mind, I saw the plan of God for my life. That, that, took, that took two or three years after coming back to the Lord and just bombarding my mind with the Word. till I am not thinking those thoughts no more. Now, last thought, this will help you. You have to obey Psalms 91 in your warfare against the thoughts of your mind. It is a warfare because that's what it's talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now you may have what I'm going to go ahead and label it, a black five stronghold in your mind, in which you've observed something, you've heard something, you've seen other things happen because of that, But now all of a sudden you find yourself in the middle of that drama and everything's telling you you can't win. You can't win. It's too big. There's too much. And what the enemy, and you, every one of you know this. At the point of the enemy trying to encroach his defeat into your life, he bombards your mind. It's like you—you know, seen those uh, 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 mini guns on the on the helicopter? They say that the ones they have today can sit over a, a a football field and put a bullet in every square inch in less than a minute. That's a pretty quick gun. It's got all those barrels that spins on an uh, electrical. That's the way the devil does. He'll come to your mind with one thought after another, after another, after another, after another. And if he sees you drifting off, then he'll get on another subject. He'll go to that and go to that and go to that and go go to that. Why do you think so many people go crazy? Because all of them, now listen to me, every thought has a seed in it to produce an emotion. Fear, doubt, intimidation, no matter what it is, it's in that thought and the enemy knows I can't create nothing. I'm going to close with this. This will help you. The devil goes like this. I can't create nothing. I'm not a creator. I'm a fallen cherub. But look at all those creators living upon the earth. Now, if I can get my thoughts in their minds, I can create hell on earth. I can create hell on earth. Pastor, why is so much going wrong in the earth? Because of the way people think. Because the way people think, failure's everywhere, everything is failing, everything is going down. Everything you say, why? That's the way they think. That's their mindset. They have an antichrist end-time mindset, and they're just falling right into the pattern. But we as the church cannot afford to do that in this day and hour. Amen. Pay very close attention to what's coming into your mind. With sickness and disease, they tell us 60% of all sicknesses and diseases. Psycho-somatic. Suggested. 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 They've proved it. They've done it in medical schools. They've had, they've had, they, they'll pick out a student and they'll get five and six of them. You all right? You know you, you know, you look kind of sallow today. Well, I'm feeling all right. And they'll walk down the hall and somebody else will walk to them. You okay? You have fever? I, you all right? Let me feel you for you. And you know, you, they don't get about three or four people down the road. Nothing wrong with them and they got symptoms all in their body. They've proved it. When you talk people into something, you're changing their mind. You're not changing the situation. You're changing their mind. Amen? So, as we continue in this, number one, guard your mind. The sources, how do you guard your mind? You understand the sources of thought. Number one, there's natural thought. Some of you right now, you're having natural thought. Right now, at this point, natural thought is kicking in. Kicking in. wonder if there's a line at, the, <laughs> at Landry's. Oh. Hey, if he shut up, we get out here 11.30, 11.35. <laughs> you can beat the Baptist over to the, you know, over to the shrimp and stuff. Now, that's natural thing. You know, you, you, your natural life, every day you get up, I, I hope you're not like this. You get up and say, oh, Lord, please tell me what color socks to wear. What shoes should I wear today, Lord? Oh, and, you know, as soon as you hear something like that, you hear about somebody that said, "Well, I got up in the morning and prayed over my socks every morning, and God told me to turn on to wear a blue sock and a red sock. So I had on a blue sock and a red sock, and I was walking down the road, and somebody pulled over and said, "Why do you have a good uh, red sock and a blue sock?" And I told him about Jesus. "All right, all right, all right. <laughs> if you want to live like that, go ahead. Amen. <laughs> hey, no, there's natural thought. What am I going to wear today? Am I going to take S road to go to, the, go to work or I'm to, am I going to go down the beach? Natural thinking. Amen. Then there's demonic thought. You say, what is demonic thought? Anything negative? No. Well, pastor, it's more than just, just negative. No, no. Anything that goes against the grain of our redemptive rights in Christ is of the devil, no matter how that thought may be dressed up spiritually. It does not matter. Listen, you can put lipsticks on a pig, but that doesn't mean you want to kiss it. <laughs> Amen? So you've got to recognize, that's a death of the devil. I'm not thinking like that. Amen? Because you'd be surprised what's in your mind. We were going down the road the other day, and I was, uh, you know, you look at all this new stuff when you get a new vehicle. And so we were flipping around on these radio stations, and there was an old 60 radio station uh, that was on there. So I stopped there for a moment, and a song was on there that I knew every word of, and I probably hadn't sang that song in 40 years. I knew every word every word it was in my memory not through memorizing through memorization it was in my memory through experience a lot of our sin opens the door for the enemy to come to talk to us the way he used to talk to us but you have to remind the devil that ain't that person's not there anymore And then you ought to tell the devil this. What makes you think you can talk to me like that? I'm a child of God. I'm washed in his blood. The word of God is in my heart. The Holy Ghost abides. What makes you think you can talk to me like that? In the name of Jesus, I reject that thought. Then there's the thoughts of God, Isaiah 55. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As the the heavens are higher above the earth, so are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. What does God think about healing? What does God think about prosperity? What does God think about the male and the female? What does God think about marriage? What does God think about children? What What does God think about all these things that people defend that are so ungodly and unrighteous? What does God, what does the Word say about it? He said, Well, Pastor, you're just talking about brainwashing yourself with the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. The only thing that needs a good washing is something that's dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You will find that if you will take control of your thoughts by not being lazy, and what forces us to be lazy is by taking on so much, many times, that we have to think about. Now, let me say this to you as a church, because I know here's two things that are going to happen. The, the move of God is going to intensify, and the stuff in the world is going to both intensify at the same time. So you better go ahead now and prepare your mind for what's coming, and you do that by reducing your life down. Don't live so big. Do, do you understand that? Uh, A friend of mine went through a real real bad thing uh, 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 physically. He was attacked with a a very bad cancer, and and he he was talking to another friend of mine, and he said to him, you've got to make your life real small. You've got to make your life real small. Some of us, our lives are too big. Now, don't get me wrong. I love helping people. I like doing stuff for people. Uh, I, I, I do it all the time. I don't mind working. We worked all day yesterday, worked the day before. Listen, but there are things that you can start shaving off of your life that are just kind of like the fluff and the fat that you just really don't need anymore, yeah. that you should that you just bring your, to your loved ones, your church family, those that are close to you. You say, why? Well, because the d- dynamic, listen, the dynamic of what's going on right here is going to get us through the days ahead. Yeah. Yes. It's going to get us through the days ahead. So if you'll begin to just wake up in your mind and say, Lord, help my mind to come alive. Help it to be strengthened by your word and give me the resistance that I need because I am not going to be defeated in my mind by the devil. And if you'll make that decision and begin every day, that's why we do those chapters a day. It gives you something. It gives you something. Oh, somebody tell me what to do. We give you something. We give you services to come to, to, to hear the word. We give you times to come pray. We give you conferences, special spirit, everything we can do to try to change that, that dynamic of your mind in which it's susceptible to the thoughts of the devil. See, we get, we get uh, Danny and, and, uh, and, and Fritz. They come. They have a, new, they have a different perspective, same, same message, but a different angle. They've had different experiences than me. They bring it in a different way. And that way you get another perspective. That, that brings health to a church. That's why God gave us the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And notice how they come through here all the time, teaching and preaching. And some of these large mega churches, you never have anybody there. Yeah. I find that very strange. Because yeah. a church has to have a very balanced diet to be healthy. Yeah. Thank God we're healthy. Amen. Amen. Let's lift our hands. Father, we thank you this morning. And Lord, we as a church make a decision to navigate these days ahead with the thoughts of God the intents the purposes and the thoughts of Jesus in our mind we do carry them if we don't carry them who carries it our thoughts for the lost are salvation our thoughts for those addicted and in bondage is liberty and deliverance our thoughts for those oppressed with sickness and disease is healing Our thoughts for a world gone crazy is Jesus. Thank you, Father. Our lives are able to be reduced. We're able to cut the fat and the fluff off. We're able to take hold of our minds. And we're able to resist the devil with the power that you've given us. The power of the Word. The power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the name of Jesus. Thank you for it, Father. Now, Lord, for every person struggling, in their mind right now. I release the ability of the Holy Ghost that's in them to stimulate their minds, to cause them to have a great desire and hunger for the Word. Lord, you said in the last days there'd be perilous times, that the love of many would wax cold, that there would be an apostasy in the church. But we say not here. We, we say harvest Revival, the goodness of God, for that is your will for your children upon the earth. We do not have to follow the will of the devil for his crowd, but the will of God for his family. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Praise God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I know most everybody, I've met everybody. Are you saved this morning? If you're saved, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Ask your neighbor if they're saved. Praise God. Everybody saved? Praise the Lord, love the Lord, love God. How many healed people do we have? Isn't that good? Praise God. Well, stand on your feet if you will. Now, don't forget tonight, I'll be here at 7 praying if you'd like to come. And Monday night and Tuesday night. Then we have regular prayer on Wednesday and Thursday. If you need to pray something through, it's a good time. Amen. And it's a good time just to come pray. Praise God. The Lord is good. Father, we thank you this morning for your grace, your awesome goodness toward us. Thank you, Father, here at Island Church. We are obeying Romans chapter 12. We are not conforming to this world, but we are being transformed by the renewal of our mind. And we do confess and affirm that we do hold in our hearts His thoughts, His purposes, His intentions, His compassion, His grace and his mercy. Thank you for it, Father. Lord, for our protection and safety as we go throughout the week, we declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place. We say, the angels of God have charge over us. We say in our travels, the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we're safe. In the righteous labor of our hands, we declare our safety and our protection by the Word of God, the Spirit of God, in the name of Jesus. We bind the strategy of the enemy who would seek to steal, kill, or destroy. And we live in the liberty of Jesus who has come to give us life and give us that life in abundance. Let our spirit man be aflame. Let us be a blessing to people the coming week a problem to the devil, a miracle in someone else's life. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be, thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, powered by the Word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgallison.com Hallelujah Jesus